new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning. It is Wednesday, June 9th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. So we're doing this across the country with the College Football Daily offseason series. And you know what it is. We're, we're trying to talk about every single Power 5 team and a few group of five schools. And you can check out that playlist on Spotify. And some of the schools, when you when you look at the list that we have of the schools we still need to talk about, you're like, how in the world am I going to cover this team in an interesting fashion? And one of those is Duke, which is you know, not, I mean, they're not in great shape right now. They were two and nine last year in the, in the in weird COVID year, five and seven in 2019, uh, their first year without Daniel Jones. They haven't won 10 games since 2013. And coach David Cutcliffe, very well respected for the work he he's done with quarterbacks in the past, uh, particularly Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. But Things aren't great in Durham for the football program. And I was granted the golden angle of all angles, right? When when last week, Duke basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski stepped down uh, or announced his plans to retire after the, this this next season. And then the angle was, was clear. Are Coach K and David Cutcliffe going to exit at the same time? Uh, Cutcliffe has two years left, two football seasons left on his contract. He's in his late 60s. Duke's reached its peak under him. Uh, it might be time for some fresh blood. So that was that was definitely the the angle I wanted to go for. And my my conversation with Adam Rowe of twenty four seven Sports' Duke site, the Devil's Den, it didn't disappoint you guys. It's this is um black comedy. It's a must listen because Adam's opinion and feelings on the state of Duke football they come through clearly he's he's not trying to be too negative about it but I think he's just a little bit bored with how everything's going and I think that that might be the signal that the Cutcliffe era has run its course at Duke and and it probably is time for a little bit of fresh blood and, and something more new and exciting it was even you know I asked Adam what he was most looking forward to is for this next season or, or any players to watch and it wasn't really anything to watch uh, in a positive manner we'll just say that I'll let you listen to the entire thing right now okay Adam Rowe right now joining us hey Adam what do you think the chances are that this is the last season for both the Duke basketball coach and the Duke football coach yeah well we definitely know coach K's last year is is uh for 2021 he'll be replaced by John Shire as the coach in waiting David Cutcliffe while up there in years is not quite as old as coach K and if you listen to him talk he's still got some years in him to roam the sidelines I know his contract goes through 2023 so there's expectations that he'll continue to coach at least through that contract. But Duke did just hire a new athletics director as well. Current athletics director Kevin White retires in September. So right around the time where Duke's football season could either go horribly south or potentially pick up. So whenever there's a new athletics director coming in, head coaches are always looking behind their backs to see, to see what could be coming next. You got to look at Duke's record. They they missed out on bowls the last two years. Finished with the two and nine record last year, one and nine in conference. I mean, Cutcliffe's been in Durham since 2008, and he's had two winning ACC seasons. 
any other school, you'd probably be fired already. But Duke has historic, you know, historically low expectations for their football program. So, I mean, it's hard to say. You know, that pressure's got to come from the donors or, or or on top for him to get replaced. I think. Yeah, I was I was looking at that contract and. 2023 i was like okay whoa the current recruiting pitch you can't guarantee that you're going to be there for all four or five years to the prospective recruits who you're who you're seeing and like that's probably the reason alabama sent a nick saban on monday but then i was like but this is this is duke this is the kids are going to duke or, or maybe not even doing it for david cutcliffe it's 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 the duke experience of it's kind of like Vanderbilt. It's just like Vanderbilt, right? It's like the degree and actually going to Duke. Like, I don't even know if it matters that much to recruits that David Cutcliffe hasn't been extended yet or has a contract that will run out while they're on campus. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's definitely some, you know, that's, that's been a part of, of Duke's, you know, recruiting pitch, especially when they were seeing success 2013, 2014, 2015, ranked in the top 25 going to bowls every year. And, and they could say, look, Cutcliffe's not going anywhere. You know, he had at that time after the 2013 season, he actually was in talks with Michigan to be, you know, right up there behind Jim Harbaugh. If they couldn't get Harbaugh, they were going to turn to Cutcliffe. Tennessee tried to bring him back and he, he turned them down. I know Carolina Panthers tried to hire him as the offensive coordinator and he turned them down. So when he had these recruits coming on, on the campus and into his office, he could tell him, look, I've turned down all these jobs. This is the last job I'm going to have. I'm not going anywhere. And when you're winning, that's great. But you can't really say that in perpetuity when you're putting up, you know, two and nine, five and seven seasons. You know, I think kind of a saving grace for Cutcliffe was COVID last year, as well as, you know, all of the athletics budgets that got hit so hard. Duke doesn't really have a huge donor base for their football program, unsurprisingly. So it's a handful of guys. So you're not going to have, you know, a large alumni base come through with a buyout. And Cutcliffe's in a little bit of an unusual situation, too. He doesn't have an agent, so he does all his negotiating by himself. So I don't know what kind of buyout there is in that contract, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, private school. Adam, yep. your your tone is I'm like fascinated by this. This like you you seem very um I know it's a basketball school and and I know you know everything about the football team and you even like you cover recruiting. You seem very um ambivalent. Like it's it's do you think Duke fans have reached the point too where it's like, look, we're not getting back to the to the 10 win season. You know, we're not it's, it's we're not running 2013 back. And maybe we should have, you know, Daniel Jones. I mean, God, oh my goodness, we had Daniel Jones a few years ago and now it's like, hey, let, let's just Let's just run run the clock out, and it feels like there's not too much passion on on you know firing coach cut or, or really changing anything up here. It feels like we're just we're going with emotions and, and worried about hoops. I think that's kind of the general tone around you know around the program. I mean, if if the ACC network contracts or the ESPN contracts weren't bringing in so much money, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the upper echelons of the administration that would like to see football deprioritized. But I think they also realize that it's kind of a must now. And wow. Cutcliffe, like, I mean, you know, top 25 rankings, four out of six years. I mean, that's somewhat, that was unheard of for Duke for decades, right? So he reestablished the program. But now you're starting to see, you know, it went five and seven, two and nine. You're going to have your fourth new starting quarterback, fourth new offensive coordinator in the last four years. I mean, like you said, Daniel Jones was a top 10 pick. And then what did you do with that? Like, 
you should be able to sell that on the recruiting trail and start to bring in some higher profile guys, right? You just haven't seen that. You've seen some some longtime assistants leave. This past offseason, Cutcliffe brought in a guy, Calvin McGee, who's been around the game a long time. But then he reshuffled all the assistant coaching duties. Like The running backs coach from last year is now the wide receivers coach. The wide receivers coach is now the quarterbacks coach. The offensive coordinator is now the tight ends coach. I mean, there's just some crazy stuff going on. It'll be interesting to see how they do this coming year. Are they even going to get a courtesy visit from Arch Manning, given the Ole Miss-Eli Manning connections? You would think so. I mean, his uncles have bedrooms in Cutcliffe's house. Bedrooms? Like, they they, they stay there? Yeah, when they come to train at at Duke in the offseason, at least when they did, like, I think Peyton had his, like, his name on the door. Like, it was his kid. Kid's bedroom. (laughs) Like, I'm looking at his visit plans, and Duke's not on there anywhere that I can see. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you would think that, that that relationship, I mean, he's been selling that on the recruiting trail for how long, right? You'd think mm-hmm. that, you'd think he'd at least get a, a stop in it. But maybe he's not as tight with Cooper as he is with Eli and, and Peyton. So, whenever Duke, and this, you know, th- hey, you mentioned the schedule could go south. Charlotte, North Carolina, AT&T, Northwestern, Kansas, it's not the hardest non-conference mm-hmm. thing. So, I have, I have two more questions for you. The prospects for this season you mentioned nuke starting quarterback there's a staff shuffling is there anything that that someone like me who loves college football and and tries to get into every single team that they can last year it was i was like all right hey you know they got a great pass rusher rump um what's what, mm-hmm. what is duke hanging its hat on this year it's a good question. no oh my gosh uh, so you got in red shirt so red shirt senior running back Mateo Durant is, is he came on really strong last year he's kind of a home run hitter um they've got a, a couple wide receivers that can um uh, that can take the top off the ball and then a, a really solid possession receiver in Jake Bobo but you've got a team that like more than tripled every other college football team in turnovers if you look at the last two seasons combined I mean, if you really love college football and you don't care who's playing, like tune in to see how many times they can turn the ball. Oh my goodness. If that's, (laughs) that's like the biggest hook I can think of. I mean, they had four players drafted off a two and nine team last year. Right. So the talent was there, but what are they going to do to replace that? They had three defensive guys drafted. They had one tight end drafted off a, Again, a, a two and nineteen. That was the talent. Like that, those were the guys that should have carried them to more wins. They just turned the ball over way too many times. This is this is um this is an episode unlike any we've done. But I mean, we can do that coming <laughs> in with the tone, right? It was like, hey, you know, is, is Cutcliffe calling, following Coach K and, and leaving soon? If that happens in the next year, two years, whatever, is there a yeah. guy, Adam, that Duke fans are like, this would be the heir apparent or like a young guy maybe who went to Duke or has Duke connections that, that you guys love and, and think Adam would, would give the program clearly some much needed oomph. Right. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Cutcliffe's known for, you know, promoting his graduate assistants up through the, through the coaching staff. And there's a, a couple of guys on the staff now that are young, they're like 30 under 30 or whatever, and have been for a few years that, Duke coaches, Duke fans might not necessarily think they're great, but there's a lot of administrators out there that are keeping their eyes on them. Uh, Matt Guerreri, who's been the co-defensive coordinator for the last few years, is a guy that's that's kind of a 
you know, a name in the coaching community that you hear a lot about. And then Jeff Ferris is another young guy. He was a graduate assistant the same time as Guerrero. They were actually roommates um, when they first started working at Duke. And he's now the co-offensive coordinator going into this year. And then there's the other co-defensive coordinator, Ben Albert. He's a veteran. He's been around for a long time. I think I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of love for that guy. I mean, he's he's put defensive linemen in the NFL draft just continuously. So wow. But then you know you got to think about: Do you just want to wipe the slate clean and go with a young up and comer, or you know what do you do? It's hard to say. I think a lot depends on how this next year or two goes with the Cutcliffe regime and how much they. You know they want to continue that, right? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's. I wouldn't be shocked at a place like Duke to just kind of the in-house thing makes a lot of sense, but you you got to have some some proof of concept there. I would be really right. interested to see like what a a Duke football coaching search looks like in the modern era with the ACC network and and all that jazz. Adam Rowe, this is great. We appreciate you joining us. Yeah, hopefully your next uh your next run through will be a little bit more optimistic and positive. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you again to Adam Rowe for joining us. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Rowe TDD. Can't wait to see what happens with Duke football this fall. I actually assure you after listening to this episode, I am now more interested in watching and catching a game to see the comedy of errors that could could take place on the football field than I would have been before listening. So thank you to Adam. Our producer is Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great day. We'll talk to you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.